You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 204. Well, hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. Let's talk a little bit about the typical advice. The typical advice that you get when you are setting up a PMO. I'm going to talk to you about what that typical advice looks like, what the results are when you follow the typical advice, and things you might want to think about to help support you on your PMO journey, no matter where that journey is starting today or where you need to be headed tomorrow. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by the PMO Advantage Training. In today's fast-paced, results-driven world, it's not enough to define your PMO's success by on time, on scope, on budget, or how many templates or steps in your process, or number of project managers, even number of project managers certified. You need to be great at making an impact. The truth is, If it's not clear how you're maximizing your company's return on investment, your role might be incorrectly labeled administrative overhead, and your business leaders will start working around you to get projects done. In this free training, you're going to discover how to drive measurable business value quickly so that there's no denying the clear-cut advantage you bring to the team. You're going to walk away with a whole new way to think about your role as a PMO or transformation or strategy delivery leader. And you're probably going to be surprised on some of the places that I am going to show you to provide value that you might not even be focused on right now. By the end of this free training, you will know what it will take to be that strategic business asset your business leaders need to lead your organization into the future and earn your seat at the table for good. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash advantage. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash advantage. I cannot wait to see you there. Okay, let's dive in. In order to understand what I mean about the typical advice and the typical results, I'm going to start with the typical results. Now, when I share with you these common statistics about PMOs, you're going to wonder if there's any future for PMOs at all. And there absolutely is. I have over 200 podcast episodes that says, uh, heck yeah, PMOs are here to stay. Whether you call it a PMO or not, that's another question, but it's here to stay. And we just celebrated International PMO Day, the very first internationally recognized PMO Day. PMOs are here to stay, but only if we stop making the same mistakes over and over and over again. So I'm going to tell you exactly what that looks like. Okay, so brace yourself for some pretty bad statistics. And then we're going to talk about how people are getting there and what to do instead. So according to a 2018 survey by the PMI, Project Management Institute, about half of PMOs fail to meet their original objectives. A 2017 study by Gartner reported that up to 50% of PMOs are closed within the first three years of establishment. That was 2017. The data now is saying that it's closer to two years, so they're failing faster. According to a 2016 report by PwC, 30% of PMOs fail to deliver the expected value and are dissolved within the first three years of their establishment, similar to statistics. So 2016 and 2018 saw that PMOs were failing actually more. Oh, 
30 percent in 2016, 2018 showed 50 percent. So it sounds like we were getting worse before we get better. A 2020 study by KPMG found that 45 percent of PMOs experience challenges in achieving their objectives and 34 struggle with a lack of clearly defined roles and responsibilities. A 2019 survey by ESI International revealed that 42 percent of PMOs are challenged with a lack of executive support and sponsorship, which can hinder their success. According to a 2019 survey by the PMI, 39% of PMOs fail to consistently align their projects with organizational strategy, resulting in reduced value delivery. A 2018 report by McKinsey & Company found 50% of PMOs struggle with limited visibility into project status, which can impact their ability to make informed decisions and deliver successful outcomes. So after listening to all of that, you might think there's no chance for the future PMOs. And there is, but we have to stop following the typical advice if we want to stop getting the typical results. So I'm going to say that one more time. We have to stop following the typical advice if we want to stop getting the typical results. What do I mean when I say typical advice? So if you are starting a PMO and it's your first time, or let's say you're starting in a new role and you just want to find out what's the latest and greatest about PMOs, what they should do, what they shouldn't do, where do I start? You might do what many of us do when we have a question we don't have an answer to and open up a web browser and start by reaching out to Mr. Google, the answer to all the questions. Or you might actually be a little bit ahead of the game and Google is old school, and so you're AIing your way to an answer. You might have opened up a ChatGPT browser through OpenAI and started to ask ChatGPT, what should a PMO do? And I can tell you right now what's going to happen. You are going to find yourself Googling or ChatGPTing yourself down a rabbit hole that might give you a little bit of good information, but it's going to be mixed in with so much of the typical PMO guidance. The typical PMO guidance is going to get you the typical PMO results. What does that mean? I'll show you. First, when you ask any of the internet how to set up a PMO, you're going to get a lot of the old school thinking about PMOs, what they should do, what they shouldn't do, and Maybe that'll work in your organization and awesome if it does, but it may not. And that's because the PMO is evolving. The way organizations want to deliver on strategy might be through a PMO or it might be through maybe a strategy delivery office. What's the difference? Well, between a good PMO that is driving business value and a strategy delivery office, not much, but the naming and the branding. I talked about this in episode 201, what to call the PMO, and it's probably worth going back to that episode if you're in this space trying to figure out what to call your PMO and if you should call it a PMO, so there's definitely some goodness there. But let's say that you did Google your way or chat GPT your way to a PMO. What is the typical advice that you're going to get? You're going to get a lot of here's what to do first, second, and third, and That could be good if you land on something like my podcast or some of my peers' content that's talking about this more future-thinking way about a PMO and how to have a strategic advantage with your PMO, how to set up a PMO that supports the whole strategy lifecycle. And you could also end up with the typical guidance like this. First, find the scope and objectives. 
Clearly define the scope, the objectives, the functions of your PMO. This could include determining the services and the support the PMO will provide. Identify the projects and programs you're going to oversee and align the PMO goals with the organization's strategic objectives. Here's the problem with that. It says the very first thing you should do is define your scope and objectives. What's missing? What have we not bothered to do yet? Okay, step number two, develop PMO governance. Establish your governance process and decision-making structures. Define roles and responsibilities, establishing project prioritization criteria, creating project approval and review processes, and setting up mechanisms for tracking and reporting project process. Strong governance will help you ensure that projects are aligned with the organizational priorities and that resources are allocated effectively. Okay, great, but... Feels a little like we're putting the cart before the horse. Let's keep going. Build relationships. Develop strong relationships with key stakeholders, executive, project managers, team members, other relevant parties. Okay, great. But what are we talking to them about? Define PMO deliverables. Identify the specific deliverables and artifacts. Oh my gosh, I'm getting nauseous. That the PMO will create and maintain, such as project templates, methodologies, documentation, and reports. These deliverables will help ensure consistency and standardization in project management practices across the organization and contribute to the PMO credibility. I can't even get through the rest of this list. Here's the thing. You will not gain any credibility if you fall on the sword of we are here to create consistency and standardization. It's just not going to happen. You will not have credibility for creating consistency. Nobody cares about consistency as the goal. They care about solving business problems and making sure that we can predict the future and estimate projects well and get to those business outcomes. You want to create reliability and predictability, not consistency and standardization. What's the difference? Okay, reliability and predictability means that you can reliably get to the results and you can predict the outcomes and predict success, but it doesn't mean you've done everything cookie cutter the same way. Standardizing and consistency can suffocate productivity. Driving for perfection in consistency and standardizing everything can get in the way of progress. Perfection is the enemy of progress, and perfection gets in the way of productivity. So when we use words like consistency and standardization and project management practices, what we're doing is creating such a tight restriction around the right process so that people are going to have no other approach other than to just check boxes that they completed all the things. We don't want to stifle productivity and we don't want to stifle innovation and we don't want to stifle getting to the right solution because we've forgotten that the end is what matters, not the means. So absolutely, you can have process, you can have deliverables, you can have the metrics, and you can have all the things, but you want to make sure that they are the means, not the end. And consistency and standardization assumes that what you are focused on is perfecting the process and the templates and the methodology and the compliance as opposed to predictability and reliability, which focus instead on the outcomes, getting to the outcomes. So you want to change your language and your mindset and your thinking around what your goal is. Your goal is not consistency and standardization. It is getting to reliable business outcomes that drive an impact. That's the goal. All right, so 
I just had to go down that rabbit hole for a second because it drives me crazy when I see guidance out there that says the goal is consistent and standard process. It's not. It's predictable and reliable results. So just change that whole framing, right? I couldn't even get through my example here because I just got so upset when I read that. Okay. But we go back to the beginning of this list of the guidance, the typical guidance that a PMO leader will find if they try to Google or chat GPT their way to a list of places to focus the PMO first. Remember the first one was define the scope and objectives. The second was develop governance. The third was build relationships, but they didn't really go far enough with that. And it's completely out of order. The very first thing you do, and this is what we teach in the Impact Engine system, is you need to shift your mindset to understand your role as a PMO leader and that you need to step out of a focus of project process and project leadership and then focus instead on business leadership. To get your seat at the table to really influence change for the organization, you have to elevate your thinking, your mindset about the role, and what you're supposed to be doing, right? What got you here will not get you there. What got you in this role is not going to get you a seat at the leadership table, okay? So, and even if you're given it right away, which would be awesome, and some people are, you can lose it fast and fall out of the inner circle by focusing on the wrong things. So what's missing from all of this is the fact that you need to fix your mindset to focus on that business leadership competency and development, which is what our Impact Accelerator Mastermind students really focus on. And then you need to assess the organization for impact opportunities. Step one, build relationships and not for the sake of relationships, but for the sake of creating unity, connection, understanding the pain points, and working together to get to those business outcomes. It's not just about understanding your stakeholder needs and expectations and concerns and starting the communication process. Sure, you need to do that. But the way you build credibility is by building those strong relationships early in the process and being completely transparent that you are there to understand their pain points and their business challenges and not hide that and not pretend that that's not why you're there. You're there to understand their pain points. And then once you've done that, you can start doing some appropriate stakeholder engagement and build your stakeholder engagement plan to get a really strong strategy for engaging those stakeholders early and often throughout the whole life cycle and iterations of building your PMO because you know what they care about and you built that right away. So yes, you need trusted, strong relationships and you need to build credibility and that has to happen quickly. And it does by being transparent and saying, I'm here to understand what matters to you so that what we build solves your business problems, period. That's it. So that whole assessment process and stakeholder relationship process has to come before you start defining scope and objectives, before you start putting in governance in place. If you haven't built those relationships, how can you clearly say what the roles and responsibilities need to be in the organization? How are you going to get anyone to prioritize projects and create processes for project approval and tracking mechanisms and all those things? If you haven't built relationships, none of that's going to come easy to you. Because I'll tell you, my friend, people are going to resist the change they do not understand. And if they do not trust you and they do not believe you're going to solve their pain points and business challenges, then you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to be pushing that boulder up the hill just for it to roll back down on you. So step one is the relationships for the purpose of creating credibility 
and getting you in a position where you are learning about the business. If you come from a project management background and you don't have a lot of business background, what a great way to fast track your education. Ask good questions when you're talking to your business leaders and stakeholders. Find out what keeps them up at night. Find out what's working well. Find out what's not working well. And then you need to do a ton of work to evaluate how change gets done in the organization, how change gets done through people, how change will be done with your team, how familiar people are with the concept of a PMO. Do they love it? Do they hate it? How do you set your branding up for success with the PMO based on people's experiences prior? Because you might not be able to call it a PMO at all in your organization if people have a bad history with PMOs. So you need to know all of these things before you start building anything. You need to know about the culture and the organization and how changes are done. You need to know what other big changes are happening in the organization. All that comes before you start setting up your scope and objectives. All that comes before you start defining deliverables. You have to start looking at the root causes of those problems. Then you can look at root causes because you've figured out all the dynamics of the organization. You've figured out what's actually happening in the organization. You've figured out all the people, all the players, where they sit on that chessboard. You're understanding the dynamics of all of those components of the whole chessboard. Then you're in a position to say, what are the root causes of these challenges? And that leads you to all the things you need to build and then creating your mission and your vision and your plan and all the things, your impact delivery roadmap, like we teach our impact engine system participants, all that comes in due time in the right order. And you can still do this quickly. We have people go through a first cycle and create their minimum viable product in the first 90 days on the job. So you can still do this quickly. And in fact, I encourage you to do it quickly, but you have to go through the right steps. And the problem you have is that most organizations are learning the wrong way to set this up. They're Googling their way to a PMO and finding things like, first, create your scope and objectives, then create your governance model, then do this, then do that. And nobody's talked to the business. So that's the problem with doing things in this order. That's the problem you're going to run into if you try to Google your way to a PMO. A Googled PMO is a disaster waiting to happen because you're going to be piecing together all of these puzzle pieces from different places, some good advice, some bad advice, mostly conflicting advice, and not know which advice is actually going to set you up for success. And it pains me when we have PMO leaders that come to us because they are in rescue mode and they don't even have 90 days to get things back on track because they have tried to Google their way to a PMO and put all these puzzle pieces together and it's just a hot mess. So when I tell you, you don't want to follow the typical advice because you're going to get the typical results, that's what I'm talking about. So what do you do instead? Well, we have 204, actually I think it's 205 episodes now, maybe 206 that you can go back and listen to to avoid the typical advice. What you find in our podcast episodes, in our PMO Advantage training that we're doing right now, in all of our free trainings and podcasts, and definitely end-to-end in the Impact Engine system, is the anti-typical advice. And the reason I'm sharing all of this with you and give so much away for free is because I am trying to help ensure that those statistics are a thing of the past and that the future for PMOs is as bright as it's ever been. And that's why we do things like our annual impact summit. That is why we do all the training programs we do, the podcast, 
the resources that we provide is we believe wholeheartedly in the future of PMOs to help organizations deliver on their strategy with the highest possible return on investment as quickly as possible. So my ask of you is lean in, trust the process, trust yourself, trust that there is a better way to do it, and make sure that the advice you're getting, whether it's from here or somewhere else, is leading you down a business-minded, business-focused, impact-driven approach to creating value quickly for your organization. You do that and you will not have the typical PMO and you will not have the typical results. You will have an impact engine that is helping your organization thrive. Because after all, that's why you were put in this role, my friend. It was not to create standards and process. It was not to drive consistency. It was not to measure outputs. It was to drive bigger business outcomes for your organization faster than they can do it without you. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this episode. I hope it has inspired you to be an impact driver and to develop an impact PMO leader mindset and follow the best advice from real world practical experience. In PMO strategies alone, we have well over a century of experience from thought leaders and influencers and PMO award-winning leaders that are making a huge difference for our clients and for our students and program participants. And I bring as much as I can to you and pour it all into you because I believe in you. And I just need you to believe in yourself and know that there is a better way to get your seat at the table. And we have your back every step of the way. That's it for this episode. I look forward to hearing from you. Tell me what you're going to do to apply this mindset, this approach, and not be the typical PMO getting the typical results. Leave a rating and review and let us know what you think about the podcast, what else you want to hear about, and how we are helping you make a bigger impact with the PMO. Bye-bye for now.